This is Matt Greller, CEO of AIM. Welcome to the Hometown Innovations Podcast. Join us as we share ways our municipalities are positioning themselves for the future, thought-provoking interviews with state and local leaders, and more. Thanks for listening as we tell the municipal story. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this week's AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Brian Gould, the Government Affairs Director at AIM, and today we are joined by State Representative Kevin Mahan, who also happens to be the 2018 AIM Legislator of the Year. Representative Mahan, thanks for joining us today. Uh, We're here, it's Organization Day, kind of the official beginning to the 2019 legislative session. Uh, Before we get into the hard-hitting questions, just uh, want to talk a little bit about some recent changes here, obviously coming off uh, the election. 22 new legislators in the General Assembly, new leadership in the Senate majority and House minority, uh, as well as fiscal leadership changes on both sides. One thing that hasn't changed, though, uh, Republicans still have supermajority control in both House and Senate. Um, So it creates kind of an interesting dynamic, but I think something that's often overlooked uh, are the number of bills and issues that you deal with that have bipartisan support. Uh, and often, you know, legislators work across the aisle on some of these critical issues. Uh, can you kind of speak to that and your new colleagues? Sure, Brian, and uh, it's good to be with you today, and it's always good to spend time with you and the AIM team, so thanks for having me uh, in today to talk about some important topics. You know, the, the first question you have here, in my opinion, is a story that does not get told enough, and I take every opportunity I have when I do my public speaking and explain just a few things. Contrary to what the news makes you want to believe, we're not a bunch of rainy, raging lunatics that are serving down here. There's a bunch of good men and women, Democrat and Republican, black and white, uh, professionals, stay-at-home moms, whatever the case may be, that come here and do what they think is the best interest of their district. Um, About 60 to 70 percent of the bills that we pass here are passed unanimously. Um, And when you also think about the bills that are passed that have bipartisan support, Generally, it's over about 90% of the bills that we pass right. also has a bipartisan support. So I think that's a story that does not get told enough. And uh, as I always like to say, I wished our friends out in Washington, D.C. would pick up and see the way we do things here in the Hoosier State, and maybe we'll be better off at a federal level. That's right. We set a pretty good example here in Indiana. Um, so, you know, we're a couple weeks out from session firing up here. You come from a local government background. You understand how important these relationships are between local officials, legislators. What advice do you have for our members on ways they can engage legislators in the next couple weeks and then also when session gets started? Well, I guess what I can say best is communicate, communicate, communicate. Contrary to what people believe in this big monstrosity of a building that we get the honor of coming and serving in that's called the people's house. Most of the lawmakers I know recognize this as the people's house and people ought to have a voice. As you know, and I've said this before, and I I spoke this at your conference down in French Lick, that AIM is a big voice. You guys have power in numbers. I'm a big association person. So if there's anyone that's listened to this uh, podcast today that are not participating in AIM, they're missing out. And I would really like to see more participation uh, because uh, you guys are better in numbers. So I just think that uh, communicating with us, writing your lawmakers, you guys are a huge group. When you're talking about the mayors and the city council people that you represent, you guys have a big voice that really is at the table helping us create policy for the local levels. Great. 
So, uh, obviously, this uh, upcoming legislative session, we're going into a budget year. Sounds like revenue projections are going to be probably uh, a little tight, uh, perhaps prevent any type of major adjustments to the budget. Um, what do you think will be some of the main budget priorities for the state in 2019? Well, I think what you're going to do is you're going to see us enact a responsible and a balanced state budget, a truly honest, balanced budget uh, that we're going to do. I think it's very important that we maintain this AAA credit rating. There was just a constitutional question that was on the ballot that uh, passed, I believe, with over 70% right. support that the Hoosiers in the conservative state of Indiana want to make sure that we're not spending more money than what we have coming in. So I think that yeah. that's a step in the right direction. Uh, we're going to maintain that AAA credit rating. Uh, for anybody in city government or town government knows, that AAA bond rating means a lot not only to the state, but it means a lot to your members as well when they're Absolutely. out here trying to sell bonds and they get that best credit rating that they have that. And you're going to hear a lot, I think, this session about promoting government efficiency and having sound fiscal uh, policies in place. And I think uh, you're also going to hear a lot about increasing the protections for our children. Uh, there needs to be some funding issues, not all funding at the DCS, but some policy, I think, that probably needs to be changed to make sure that we're taking care okay. of some of the most uh, vulnerable Hoosiers. Great. Um, any other top priorities for the House majority that you could share or expect to see in January? Yeah, I think when you think about that, uh, other than the budget, which, by the way, is the only thing by Constitution, that we have to do in the long session. But I think right up there, if, if that's one, I would put 1A is probably going to be school safety. Right. Uh, in light of uh, what happened at Noblesville and many of the type of things that's going on uh, throughout our country in this fallen world that we live in, I don't know that we're ever going to make things 100% right. uh, foolproof or safe, but I think we certainly need to keep that at the forefront and make some strides to see what we can do to make sure that if we can make um, some increased efforts to make our schools even safer i think that that's going to be coming yeah. um, and we're going to be lining the and uh, promoting the workforce initiatives uh, that right. the governor is so out front on as well yeah good um so you chair the house government regulatory reform committee uh, obviously our aim team spends a great deal of time there working with you on a variety of bills can you kind of just tell us what you expect of stakeholders you work with and what you hope to accomplish through committee work what i expect is honesty and you know that mm -hmm. i've worked with with you and and uh, Lindsay and the team for most of the eight years that I've been here going right. into my ninth year, uh, the, be the eighth year that I've chaired this committee, and I just expect stakeholders to get together and have an honest discussion. I only get about an hour and a half for a hearing, maybe two hours if I push it, yeah. on a, a Tuesday morning uh, before we go into session. We, we don't need to be taking time out of that to have all this... Uh, misinterpretations or misrepresentations right. and those type of things. And you know, that's one of the things I've always appreciated uh, of about all the stakeholders that come. Maybe not all, yeah. but majority of them. But I would rank AIM right up there near the top. That you guys come to the table in a good spirit, in a, in a good cooperative manner. We may agree and sometimes we disagree, right. but one thing I always walk away from is I always have the comfort of knowing that, that AIM and their leadership team is always honest with me. And I yeah. appreciate that. Great. Um, so, kind of hitting more local for you here, your district truly represents some of the most rural parts of Indiana. Local officials in rural Indiana are dealing with a variety of complex issues that, quite honestly, were, weren't really part of the local government spectrum, you know, even just a decade or two ago. Population shift, opioid crisis, broadband, water infrastructure, those are just some of the big topics that we're dealing with now. Um, what do you see as one of the more concerning or complex issues for local government in the next decade? Well, you name three of them right <laughs> off the top when you're talking about water and opioid uh, crisis that we have and also broadband. I think funding 
yeah. is a real issue for local governments as well. I came from local government, as you said earlier, and um, you know, obviously taxpayers wanted property tax caps in place, and quite frankly, I saw it firsthand. There was a lot of fat in local government, and uh, what's happened is with property tax caps, it's caused people to have to draw in those purse strings a little right. bit, and there's some of these communities, they've cut about all they can cut, yeah. and at the end of the day, they still have to provide services. And so they're having to make some tough decisions. So I think the funding, uh, the workforce, and the skill set mm -hmm. of the workforce in all of these communities is a real issue. I know that's a big, strong issue right. in, in my rural area. Uh, mental health yep. uh, in these communities is a big issue. Dilapidated properties. Yep. I know in my hometown uh, of Hartford City, one of the things we celebrate the most right now is we tear down another eyesore. Right. And so that's a big issue. The community corrections funding, uh, the jail funding, and then... Um, you know, I, I could go on right. forever. Uh, they're big jobs that these local officials, I think I said that down at French Lick, God bless those mayors that are on the front line. I don't know that I would be cut out to try to have to uh, deal with the things that they're yeah, facing today. It's a handful. Um, so kind of last question here for you. You witnessed the transition from IAC to AIM firsthand. Uh, you've always given us positive feedback on, and helpful advice on ways we can be more effective in representing local government. What are your thoughts on the evolution to aim here for us? I think it went well uh, from what I have seen. Uh, it, I think it took me at least two sessions in, in <laughs> committee to quit referring to you guys as IAC. Right. Uh, but in a way, that would almost be like me renaming my kid, right? right it's right. it's been Andrew for 23 yeah. years. and so. Uh, but you know what? I think it's worked. You guys had a purpose. You had a reason for that. And uh, I think it went very well. You know, I, I also think about if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And I think you guys... I hope have grown in your membership. Certainly, what I have witnessed with with AIM and, and what you do here, you're you're you don't come just being on the defense yeah. all the time. And what I've seen a shift is from a lot of defense to being on the offense mm -hmm. on a lot of things. And I think that that's done you guys well. And uh, you guys are just a great voice here in the state house. Yeah. And I would just hope that I don't care whether you want to call it I Act or AIM or whatever the case may be. It's the people behind those letters. Right. That means the world to me, and so I'm just very appreciative of uh, the relationship that we have. Great. Well, in closing, I uh, just want to fit in one last thank you. Uh, last week, the governor, NDOT, announced another round of awards for community crossings. Uh, so thank you again for your support on the road infrastructure package. Uh, we've now generated nearly a billion dollars in additional revenue for local governments just in the last three years. So thanks again for that. It's happy to do it. You know, I think in my time here, I've voted for about 14 tax eliminations or tax decreases uh, that I'm proud of and I would support all over again. I did support that uh, tax increase of the 10 cent. My office mate Ed Soliday did a great <laughs> job of authoring that bill and, and doing the heavy lifting yeah. on that. But I'll tell you, when we're sitting here handing out big checks to Hartford City and Gas City and Blackford County and Grant County, I'll tell you, the number one complaint we had was the condition of the roads. Yeah. The number one complaint I have now is all the construction that's going on right. on the road. So I think that that's a good thing. <laughs> good. I agree. Well, uh, thanks again. We look forward to working with you in 2019. Uh, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Brian.